Hello and welcome back to this episode of TF, that podcast you're listening to right now. It's me doing 10% more of the radio voice than usual. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Riley and the Gooch. It's always the Gooch. That's right. Where's the Gooch with you? Yeah, it is. I think I invented the Gooch. Mm. Something you could say at the gender clinic. That's, That's right. right. It is. Yeah. Um, it's Riley, Milo, Allison, Hussein. Yep, inventor of the gooch. Yep. Log, right. Logged on. With mm-hmm. uh, our friend, uh, finance journalist, Matthew Zeitlin. Matthew, how's it going? Great. How, how's everyone doing? Oh, oh, you know. We've it's... been high on the hog from inventing the gooch, to be honest with you. The yeah. royalties are, uh, you know, bigger than you'd expect. Yeah, the, every, every time uh, anyone does the radio voice, Milo makes several dollars. That's all right. Yeah. People cry out for gooch content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, they got the, the subreddit got really mad when the gooch was uh, taken off of Opie and the gooch. But <laughs> yeah. um, he now started Gooch Digital <laughs> and he has like Legion of Skanks and stuff. They're really furious when the gooch just got for, paywalled. Just for, just for racist posts. Yeah, the, go- uh, anyway. the Gooch's full name is like Jonathan Goochorski or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Colin, he does uh, like Gooch Pound Radio. Uh, so uh, with with us today, we are is is Matthew and Matthew. You are one of your uh, interests. Well, the thing that we've we've spoken about in the past as well is uh, SPACs, those uh, totally not South Sea Bubble style companies where uh, you don't know what you're investing in, but it's going to be good, but you can't know. Yeah, uh, SPACs are great because they're like the mystery box of investing. A, a former Citibank, uh, you know, executive comes to you, says, if you give me $10 times 1000 or whatever, who knows what we'll do with it in the future? And uh, people love this shit. And it'll be good. And it'll be fun. It's a way to make investing yeah, they're loot more. Crates. Yeah, it's a way to make investing more like a loot crate because yeah. we, haven't, well, yeah. we haven't gamified it enough. You know, people complain about how like IPOs and stuff, they go public and they don't have profits, they're losing money. And I think what people are like, it's like, that's not enough. Yeah. Merely losing mm-hmm. money is is not it's not what we want. We want there to be actual no business. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just figure it out later, but give us the money yeah, first. Line go stop. We don't we everybody involved wants to stop being a business person, which rules. Yeah, yeah, Praxis, everyone, actually. Yeah, I put all this money into a SPAC, and now I own a hundred percent of the rights to Gooch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they invested in they invested in Gooch Compound Radio. They invested in Gooch. Uh, but before we do that, I have some British news. Oh no, uh, that's never good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the uh, Labour Party under new management goes from strength to strength. Uh, fuck. Calling <laughs> Time res- for some real opposition. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's it Starmer and the Gooch. It is polling, <laughs> polling at a towering 30%. Oh, huge. <laughs> we love it. Uh, after- no, 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 this is 4D chess, Riley. You don't understand because actually, when you poll lower, that means you poll higher later. Yeah. Well, no, you get closer to zero and then you flip yeah. back around to 100. He's pacing himself. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want to poll too high too early. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a few things have happened that, uh, that are worthy of updating. Uh, number one, the Liverpool mayoral race. Mm. Um, la- la- the National Labour Party has decided to uh, step in and suspend the um, suspend the uh, because in Liverpool, mm-hmm. whoever gets the Labour um, nomination for mayor is basically then crowned. Like yeah. it's it's one of these like where there's like uh, a sort of controlled Tory opposition that's there just to get like booed and pelted with oh, yeah, Washington way, generals. Yeah, it's the way everything should be. <laughs> but of course, this is too good for here. Yeah. So. So he was like, no, we cannot have... He basically there was a left-winger, was a woman of color, who was going to... Ann Rothery, who was going to be the first woman of color be, who, to take up one of these, like, big devolved mayorships in the UK. Um, she's on the left of the party. Uh, and he was like, uh... And, 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 the, and the Labour Party was like, uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh, we need to reopen selections. <laughs> Sorry, we have to re-interview candidates. We're not reinviting anybody. Uh, so that's just massively increased, it's I think. so you know. funny, right, that this woman has an unblemished reputation, right? She is, like, genuinely a great candidate, and the Labour Party's response has been, right, we can't have that, no. when 
the the Labour Party mayor of Liverpool that she's following on from was Joe Anderson, who was grotesquely corrupt. And the reason why there's a mayoral election in the first place is witness intimidation. (laughs) Oh, cool. We had Liverpool buddy Cianci. So, um, Matthew, being Um, from... I've got ties to the fucking mafia, mate. (laughs) uh, Matthew... Being from being from New York, are you are you at all excited to see your history of uh, Tammany Hall politics alive and well? Yeah, this all sounded like super super familiar to me. Uh, you know, as you know, lots of ci- the cities in the United States are largely Democratic controlled, and thus mm-hmm. have this similar dynamic of you know uh, corrupt insider versus you know radical left wing agitator, and usually at some point someone goes to prison. You know, yeah. DC. Uh, uh, Providence, Buddy Cianci. So this all sounded very, very familiar to me. It's actually quite comforting because in New York now, uh, Andrew Yang is going to be mayor uh, January 1st. Awesome. The world's smartest uh, man. Yeah. So whatever you guys are doing over there, you know, who am I to judge? Well, it's it's great because it's like we were about to get a mayor. We were about to basically get like a J.B. Pritzker in Liverpool and Mm. uh, the National Party was like, no, 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 you get a Rahm Emanuel. (laughs) Effectively. (laughs) Uh, so I'm excited to see what kind of, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Cretan, who's a personal friend of, um, of like, West Reading or whatever, yeah. ends up getting nominated. Just, just incidentally, this also destroys an all-women shortlist, which yeah. is can't, very funny. Can't be having those, because well, it's, you're, well if, a, if, if it's a left-wing woman, then it's actually not feminist. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right, yeah. yeah. It's the same thing like with um, you know Rebecca Long ba- Long Bailey because and Don the Brunner. They weren't the feminist choice because of the brochelists who like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway. This is also familiar because Andrew Cuomo at one point here in New York State set up a women's equality party, which was huh. this like you know sock puppet group just to support him personally. I, I think Lena Dunham <laughs> was involved in it. I set up a group to support broads. You gotta get more ladies, okay? So he set up a ladies' night. In the in the UK, the Women's Equality Party is just like a group of like TERFs now, right? Gigaturfs, yeah. Or uh, (laughs) gigaturfs. How many Um, zeros on a gigaturf? (laughs) Two, the same as the number of genders. That's right. Right. so anyway, but because I don't want to spend too, too long on these uh, news news items, I want to go on to the next news item. Okay. Which is, this is, this. okay, I feel like even this has proved us very, very right, because there's a budget coming up, right? Well, that's never good either. Uh, I hate when being proved right. Yeah. But um, that, it's never, we're never proved right about something good. No. It's never like, the headline is never like, trash future proved right, everything great. In fairness, that's we never, never, we never predict anything good, because we're called trash future. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we could be called something else. Hamstrung by the name. Yeah, we should uh, call that out. Moderate improvements expected. Really, we've really painted ourselves into a corner with nominative determinism here. Yeah. No, um, a, a shadow minister, I can't remember what the shoot, which shadow minister this was, but uh, was asked by, about reports that the government is considering raising corporation tax and introducing a windfall tax on companies that have done particularly well out of the pandemic. So, like, if you're... Okay, if you are neighbors if, with yeah. Matt Hancock, you may pay 1% more tax. <laughs> yeah. Or like if you're Sainsbury's and nobody's going to restaurants, so everyone's just shopping at Sainsbury's or whatever, uh, at the government and ask you to pay a little more tax, Labour has come out saying, no, do not raise corporation tax. Labour loves small family-owned businesses like Sainsbury's. That's right. Yeah, and Amazon. Yeah, uh, and so... Pressed on, and basically they say we will no, don't want to see any tax raises. Instead, Starmer says that the chance of the March third budget is a chance to back one hundred thousand new British startups. <laughs> oh <laughs> fuck! Each more Wi-Fi connected than the last. Yeah, look, look, I mean, he, look for he, us. Keir Starmer, yeah, Keir Starmer is Keir Starmer is a trash future patron. Um, yep. he's, he <laughs> subscribed to the sync tier, and he wants mm. um, more whimsical reviews of startups. Invest in the Labour Party SPAC. As the founder of a new British startup, a new podcast, I fully support this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just Keir Starmer once again proving that he is the poor man's Matt Hancock, hmm. which is quite something, because Matt Hancock was leading the table of poor man's Matt Hancock for like a really long time, but <laughs> Keir Starmer is giving him a run for his money. Well, it's the uh, what I find funny is that... Um, Boris Johnson was able to respond to him PMQs by being like, what you're asking for is so paltry. He said the words paltry. We're coming out with much more. Mm. And so do you, so basically, Tory, the, the Labour is going to whip a vote against grazing corporation tax. 
and incredible and <laughs> fucking and amazing they have some tory rebels on their side like philip hammond awesome <laughs> so good i love so, when all of the best people agree with me is um i would like to say that i think what the prime minister has said about taxation is is wrong and what we've asked for is not poultry there was no chicken involved at all <laughs> so i would like that on the record yeah isn't that awesome right like the politics of philip hammond a man who has won every like factional issue he's been on the side of since 2016 yeah, um, cool dude Absolutely fantastic. That's that. It's like no. We are gonna make. What if we made the whole Labour Party change UK? <laughs> yeah. What if we made the whole party out of Theresa May's bagman? Oh fucking hell! I mean, so correct me if I'm wrong, guys. So so Rishi Rishi Sunak's gonna yes. show up with his red briefcase. Yep. And he's like, inside this briefcase, I have corporate tax hikes. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the the ostensibly left wing party leader is gonna be like, Can't have okay, that. what if you put a spack inside that briefcase <laughs> yes. and took out the tax hikes. He's, in fairness to Rishi Sunak, right, he's also going to do Eat Out to Help Out too. Uh, <laughs> eat Out to Help Out too. going to town yeah. on the pussy. Look, we are trying to raise every number in Britain. That includes the R number. If you don't like it, there's the door. That's right. It's called being English. If you don't like dying of coronavirus, you shouldn't fucking come here, should you? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to Rishi Sunak. He's 5'7", right? Oh, he's Ish. tiny. Um, All right. Well, then I, I agree with him. Yeah. As, a, as, a fellow, as a fellow short king, he can do no wrong in my eyes. So <laughs> my hands are tied. Yeah, I've got to say the logic is pretty watertight here. So, um, so I, have no other, I have no choice but to stand. Other Tories who agree with, um, with uh, uh, Starmer's plan a include... A great start to a fucking sentence. <laughs> include Amber Rudd. Not oh. currently sitting, but... Oh. <laughs> is she going to podcast with Flora Gill about this? He's got the horny vote. Wait, wait, I know this oh, one. Wait, no, she... I know this one. A- Amber yeah. Rudd is the one whose whose daughter will tweet, you know, uh, actually, I don't want to say it. It's, yeah, it's no, yeah. too obscene. Yeah, that, yeah. that's yes. right. Her daughter tweets sex stuff, and then Amber Rudd's whole thing is, uh, you know, it's not, you know, deporting, uh, you know, uh, many uh, citizens who had the right to be there here to their deaths, but <clears throat> but rather responding to her daughter being like, oh, I bought a new asshole stretcher the other day with Flora, that's not seemly. And then everyone in Britain loves it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flora Gill will just tweet something like, I love having cum in my asshole. And then Amber Rudd will tweet something like, I pushed you out of my vagina. And then they get paid like £100,000 a year. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, it's, we got to get them together with the Conways, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, see see it's, what they can do. It is uh, so great that their whole thing is a, a crude mother-daughter act that uh, erases the, um, you know, cruel yeah, the aristocrats. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> awful. Just awful. Except literally in this case. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's uh so that's all that's all very fun. Uh, it seems like there is just absolutely and it don't and again, if you think that oh my god, Boris Johnson's outflanking labor to the left. It's like no, he's not outflanking them to the left. It's that he's understood that patronage is the new model of politics and that's what he's doing. He's outflanking them to the knowing how to do politics. It's, yeah. it, it's outflanking them to the left to the simple expedient of realizing that they're on a fucking boat whose steering wheel is locked to the right. Yeah, exactly. It's very easy to outflank them because they're the only ones who are ideologically committed to neoliberalism. Yeah, or anything. Mm. Yeah, the, t- the Tories aren't ideologically committed to neoliberalism, they're committed to power. Th- th- this is why we've been saying for episodes and episodes, it's easier to do entryism in the Conservative Party, and you should do it. <laughs> Uh, mm. Anyway, I want to move on to the, uh, to the startup, because this one is purely satanic. Okay. Uh, it is called Maple, and it has nothing to do with Canada, so don't bother. Oh. Nothing to do with Canada. That's a shame. Going, 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 going out, out for a, a startup, oh, are you, no. <laughs> So, um, Matthew, I'd like us to. I'd like you to start us off. It's called Maple, and I'll even give you a hint. It's, it's called, called Maple. Maple. It's a software as a service uh, offering. Okay, uh, it's called Maple Software as a Service. We actually had one of these uh, in New York. It was a delivery company that went under. It's uh, it's they not great that. cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Maple Software as a Service. Okay, I think it is. Some kind of like, um, I think it's a way of like, uh, uh, you know, surveying your uh, the farmland that you've bought as you know, a kind of a low interest hedge. You know, interesting. You need to you need to, to keep people off of it. Mm. You need to make sh- stay keep on track what's going on there, and uh, that's what Maple is. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm afraid that is not what it is, Milo. It's a software as a service. 
What is it? Is it an app that tracks the value of the syrup that you have smuggled into the United States with the help of the Prime Minister du Canada? Just started with like fucking Speedy Gonzalez. That's right. Speedy Kansalis. Alice. Speaking of Speedy Kansalis. Slamming buzzer dialysis machine software. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Hussein, last guess before I read another bit of their copy. Uh, I actually don't know, so I'm just going to go with something that spies on you at work. Uh, Hussein is the most, is only a little bit right. Always. Always. He's only, he's only a little bit right. Uh-huh. But we'll carry on. This is from, from an article in TechCrunch uh, about Maple. Much of our mm-hmm. daily lives have been transformed in one way or another by technology. Thank you, TechCrunch. I hadn't noticed. Yeah, cool. Um, and, though, and through intentional uh, efforts to innovate thanks to the advent of modern technology. Now more than ever, we rely on shared collaboration pr- platforms and digital workspaces in our professional lives. Yeah. And yet most of the changes wrought by tech on our home and family lives seem like the accidental effects of broader trends rather than intentional shifts. Maple, mm-hmm. the new startup launching today, aims to change that. Okay. So it's a software as a service for your home and family life. Oh man, uh, I don't care for this. Is it, is, is, it, is it like a Google Calendar, but like for how long you mm. spend on spend with your wife? Uh, that is more or less correct, Hussein. Surveillance Roomba. That's right. I mean, look, I mean, look it's, 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 it's this general tendency, but I think that like tech is sort of like heading towards of like how every sort of relationship is going to be like be fundamentally transactional in nature. Yeah, you get a screen um, time report, but for your yeah. wife. And yeah, wife and yeah. Is this like, you know, free me- as a free product is like your wife, your kids, and then to add on, it's your wife's boyfriend, his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to pay for the poly package. For. No, my, yeah, my, my, my wife, uh, my, I sync, syncs my calendar with my wife's boyfriend. So uh, we know, we know like exactly like, you know, what's going on and when I'm allowed to be inside the house yeah. and when I have to be doodle. Here's the thing, though, right? It's not actually a Google Calendar. It's a Kanban board for your family. Kanban? Where, like, you're, you basically have tasks, ca- tasks that are on cards. It's a and Trello you board. Can, uh, yeah, it's a Trello board. You can use the app to assign, like, uh, your, your husband to take out the garbage. And he can <laughs> use my Eating my wife's <laughs> pussy. Yeah. Uh, my wife's boyfriend's yeah. taking that one again. A- a- wait, assigned wait, wait. getting pegged at 4 p.m. every day. Yeah. Great. And you could, I, you I, could I, also I, use the app to like ask for help making dinner. I know that there was like a joke about the wife's boyfriend thing, but like this is the type of stuff that like polyamorous like people do, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, sex, well, no. like sex spreadsheet. I didn't think I could hate them more, but... <laughs> <laughs> so wait is this explicitly marketed towards the polyamorous community no not at all it is marketed towards uh people who work in like ad tech and have <laughs> children but hate their children hmm. so it's marketed towards the polyamorous yeah. community <laughs> uh so basically here's here's what they say our mission is to improve the quality of life for families again by making it so you don't have to like talk i guess uh, so if you don't like your family or your children, uh, you can use this. This is the app that's like, yeah. please email my wife so I don't yeah. have to. Uh, so in its early incarnation, Maple's primary interface for parents is a list of various tasks they need to take care of during the day. During onboarding, Maple asks parents what mm. they're typically responsible for in the household and then uses machine learning to build a customized schedule for getting those things done. So right. really, it's kind of a Trello board that uh, tells that bosses both you and your partner around. This is so fucking Great. good, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's satanic. It is. Wait, so is this like a, a, a nagging wife as a service? Yeah, like you like, no longer have to tell your husband to clean yeah. the toilet, but also a nagging husband. Does. It's a nagging partner. This is the future that the social justice left one. Yeah, that's hmm. right. What I'm enjoying about this the most is that if this was if this was for like business purposes and not for like the home, this is absolutely the thing Riley would try and make us do for Trash Future. <laughs> yes. Because we're because we're a business, that's why. Yeah, R- Riley is the wife's boyfriend of the show. That's right. And Riley would be like, no one's checking the app, and I'd be like, that's right. Yeah. So, has anyone here besides Hussein had a real job in an office before? <laughs> How do, uh, how do four adults not have a single I, job between them? I, for two weeks, worked at a Russian company that was selling financial services over the phone, <laughs> like a really low-rent version of the Wall of Wall Street. There were there were very few systems. Also, look, let me intervene here by saying that even though me and Matt worked at the same place for like a period of time, like it also wasn't a normal office in the way that you would conceive one. Riley, Riley has more of an experience working in a conventional office. 
Well, I was, I was going to say, like, I've never used this shit yeah. before, but, you know, my, my fiance, who's had real jobs, uh, she uses Trello. Well, what and, about a boyfriend? So, and, and the two of you, uh, you know, you can start using this. And, in fact, they also have signed on partners, and they're trying to use their API to sign on many more okay. so that they can market to you in the thing that bosses you around. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wait. So, so your husband has cleaned the toilet, yeah. and then you get, like, the toilet brush ads. Uh, well, this sort of you get curated th- third-party partners. So, for example, if you schedule date night, you can book your babysitter inside the app that you scheduled your date night in. Okay. And so what? And then, and, like date night sponsored by Kink.com. That's right. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, <laughs> does the third come in? Is that a sponsored product, or do you have to do that on your you own? You have to. You can also. You also. There's a. They've integrated a service for that. They've integrated Backpage. Um, so this includes uh, basically like high-end direct-to-customer baby and toddler furniture and house, which we're providing. I hope that's not part of the kink night. <laughs> um, so Maple's parents today. <laughs> the adult uh, today, baby community. They say, yeah, Maple's right. parents partners today are representative of the kinds of businesses that might make use of the platform in the future, but the founder has a much broader vision. He hopes that Maple can ultimately help parents handle their responsibilities across a wide range of income levels. Uh, no, I always bro. love when they say that. Uh-huh. This is uh, fuck. You know what this is? You remember when mm. Joe Biden had a stroke on stage and he was like, yeah. "You got to leave the the radio on so that the kids learn words." And poor kids, <laughs> they're not learning words because they don't have the radio on. That's what this is. This is mm-hmm. like gonna spray words at poor kids. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Um, what I think is so if, how it works then, right? Is yeah, you have. If you've been assigned to take out the garbage, instead of being like, hey, can you help me take out the garbage? You can tap your phone. Yeah, and you get and a then, fucking and, hologram then, of Joe Biden shows up, like Leia, to be like, you gotta leave the radio on, man. No, you tap your phone mm. to ask your partner for help with the garbage, but also okay. you'll get advertised a premium garbage taking out service. Yeah. Which is like a really fancy Buy bin. A holographic maybe. Joe Biden. Um,. Yeah. And then uh, at the you get a you get a daily review at the end of the day, and you can hit a little button that says "I love you." <laughs> wow, wow, okay. Yeah. Or like I appreciate you, or uh, we're a great team. Yeah, we sure are. Because that's I mean, look, when, when do you not, let these. I can only say this right at, from from the perspective of a relationship. I put up with a lot of shit. Do not project manage me. <laughs> If you do that shit to me, I am gone. Because, right? This is this is because when you let these systems in to define your define your life, the people making them are Patagonia vest Satanist psychos. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna talk like an inhuman monster who says to their like partner, we make a good team at the mm-hmm. end of the day of a normal day of tasks. Yeah. Basically. What is a relationship except for a solid foundation for a small business? That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, we're we're letting we, we're just letting that into the family. But then this is the most satanic part. Okay, the most awful bit. The platform offers the user users the ability to tap to tap to help others out with tasks, mm-hmm. um, or these could be families who want to make a little extra money. <laughs> we're bringing back cottage right. industry. The startup has get Elena Yanaga back on. The startup has plans to eventually enlist other parents and to provide services. Hey, you could do some sewing. You could do any wait, number wait. of things. I I figured this shit out. I figured this out. This is a, this is a bit on Twitter. People say this a lot. These people saw Parasite and were like, "That we want that." Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Why did, we needed an app here. They this, say, this is what yeah, we need. Yeah. That will unlock plans to enlist other parents to provide services. So, uh, rich dad, poor dad, with a scheduling and advertising element. Uh, and a gig economy. Pissed off my wife's boyfriend, <laughs> yeah. and now I have to go live with the basement guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, allowing parents to help each other at the same time. Great. Cool. Thank you, Maple. Uh, I'm very pleased uh, to be allowed for, yeah, to have my scheduling app for uh, when to take out the bins yeah, or pick up my terrible children from also, school. It's also a child rehoming service, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also a like a kind of like a fiver as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, I guess like and again the rules of communication, interaction, and so on, uh, mm. programmed by dead-eyed sociopaths. Yeah. Absolutely. Sweet. Just like they are right. in real life. <laughs> so um, I want to uh, move on just a little bit now to the uh, wide and wonderful world of SPACs. So uh, SPACs we have talked about on on the podcast before in general terms, but not so much in specific ones. Um, Matthew, can you 
you, you, we, talk, we, we introduced the concept at the, at the very beginning, but just tell me if my understanding is right here. It is a company that is a large pile of money, and someone at the head of that pile of money will say, I'm a wonderful manager. I have fantastic instincts. Look at my history of starting great businesses. Um, I'm now going to list my pile of money on the stock exchange and sell shares in that pile of money for $10 a share. There are some more technical elements about warrants for further purchases, but let's just say $10 a share to make it uh, simple. And then I go and I try to find a company, a private company, merge with them, and then they become a listed company. And whiz bang, we're able to trade shares in them without them ever having mm-hmm. to make a uh, pesky IPO that requires things like having made money in the past. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You you nailed it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so what are some so what are some like because you've been looking at this for a little bit now. You've seen some some crazy spacs, seen some crazy stories. Um, what I've are, seen what are SPACs, some that, people you can imagine. Well, what 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 are some that stand out for you? Oh, um, I I would say a good one is uh, Virgin Galactic. It's mm-hmm. a good one. Oh yeah. Um, uh, a really funny one that happened recently was. Um, you guys may remember from uh, Robinhood and, and GameStop, mm-hmm. uh, one of the companies involved in, in shutting down the trading on that Thursday or whatever called Apex, um, they're a clearing company. They are currently getting spat by um, the former editor of uh, Cosmo magazine and, um, huh. getting and the owner of a hockey team. Getting funny phrase, yeah. though. Yeah. So actually, uh, if you look at a cover of Cosmo in 2003, they, tell, they, they give you some instructions about how to spack your boyfriend. So yeah, I was <laughs> say, he really knows how to do this. It sounds like something Alice would like. What did you get up to this weekend? Oh, I was getting spacked for hours. <laughs> That's right. Um, and- <laughs> the, way, the way Riley just moves past. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's right. That's oh right. God, that's a sex thing. Drawing I wouldn't understand that. Moving under on. this sex thing. Yeah, yeah um, and, and the other funny yeah. thing is that um, you you said you know oh it's people who founded businesses before uh, CEOs and stuff and that's like a huge chunk of it. Mm. But now it's just a way for celebrities to like sell rights to hang out with them. Um, mm. You know, Shaquille O'Neal has one. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, is starting one. Oh, nice. Uh, 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 Paul Ryan, you may you may remember him from uh, trying to turn uh, Medicare into a, a Maple esque program. Uh, uh-huh. He's he's doing one. So it, so a SPAC yeah, is, just like so a SPAC is basically like what wait what what was that app where like celebrities kind of recorded bespoke messages? Oh, cameo. Yes, it's a very expensive mm. cameo. Or or like the Firefest or like the app that was associated with Firefest is a similar you know mm. similar thing. The Fire mm. app, yeah. You know, yeah, you book them to hang out with you. Except in this case, you you give them ten dollars to what's called a blank check company. So in many ways, Jeremy Renner prefigured you. this with the Jeremy Renner app. <laughs> but the thing is, at the end of this process, well, no, at some wait, point, you know who prefigured it? Matt Hancock with <laughs> Matt Hancock MP, my favorite app. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So it's because the thing is, you do, in theory, you do get a return on your investment once mm. they merge with the company, and then presumably the price will go up. So one of the um, one of the biggest sort of stories in SPACs recently has been uh, Shamath Palahapatia, who we spoke about in the bonus episode with Shanti Singh last week. Uh, his SPAC, uh, CCIV or Churchill Capital Four, uh, was I, I believe that's Michael Klein. It's Michael Klein. Is, I thought it was Churchill Shemath. Capital. No, he's had a Sophia. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Yes, we have some Shamath ones here as well. Um, but no, he this did is Virgin Galactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the Shamath one. This is uh, Michael Klein. Uh, Churchill Capital Four, uh, merging with a company called Lucid Motors. Now, awesome. Lucid Motors is a Tesla competitor that where it says basically Teslas are insufficiently luxurious. Oh, great. Yeah. So, is this a car? Does it make even less cars than Tesla? A oh, way fewer. Yeah, I, I think it's made. How many cars have they made, Matthew? Twenty thousand, oh, if that. Yeah, but and they're they're not actually for sale yet. I mean, yeah. they're ostensibly supposed to go on sale. I think in the third quarter of oh, this okay. year. Okay, so they've sold zero cars, as far as I know, like, okay. to the public. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So, basically, Lucid Motors is saying, "Look, we're going to make a much more luxurious Tesla at some point in the future." And if mm. they were going to a file an IPO, they would have to disclose things like. By the way, we've never made money because you in an IPO you can't just say we as, our projections are that we're going to make tons of money in ten years if you've mm. never made any money. Uh, you have to say you have to give some kind of past information to make an IPO. Not so with the spec. You can just say whatever. Yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild west. You can be like, I assume in ten years we're going to be the world's most valuable company, and oh, that's only fine. fools and horses shit. This time next year, Rodney will be millionaires. Yeah. 
and so basically what happened, what's interesting about this, right, is the SPAC that was rumored to be merging with Lucid Motors was bid up to um, six times its value. Right. right. That's normal. That's a normal amount of your value to so bid up basic, to. Because basically with a blank check company, the way it works is mm-hmm. by buying a share, you buy 10 bucks of the blank check company money. Yeah. So basically what you're doing if you're by bidding that above 10 bucks is you're saying, I'll give you 60 bucks for 10 bucks um, because I assume that this 10 bucks is going to go up in value, basically. But it's, right. it's for until it merges, it's for 10 bucks. So the mm. share, it's, so that's basically what it is. It's like, it's like an IPO pop, right? Where you, um, you, the company goes public and then it's like, we think it'll be 42 bucks a share. It goes way up. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. So it's like, it's like you can get in on, a, on an IPO pop, but with, uh, you know, scams. Um, yeah. So, what what if an IPO was uh, in a shape that was more conical? <laughs> you know. So uh, essentially, right? This spec for Lucid Motors would bid six times its uh, six times up to about sixty bucks, and mm-hmm. then as soon as it announced that it was had successfully merged with Lucid Motors, its value plummeted. Incredible. This is not what we would call a a pump and dump, right? Because because, because everyone's everyone's innocent. Because everyone truly believes, no, because no one is out here cynically knowing that this is worthless. Uh-huh. Everyone thinks that everyone else thinks that Lucid Motors is going to be the next Tesla. So this is a false no, consciousness machine. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, yes. It is, mm. it is the ideology machine that, that works only on the lizard brain. What we've done is we've got investing in the fucking thing from Men in Black, but you turn it on yourself. <laughs> so I, I, the only conclusion I could say is that no one I could come to here, uh, Matthew. I'm, I'm I'd be interested to know if you agree with this. Is that nobody was actually excited for Lucid Motors? Everyone just thought everyone else would be excited for Lucid Motors. Yeah, because like we're seeing this thing now where uh, for existing public companies, anything associated with electric vehicles, like a battery mm-hmm. company or a car company, is just going crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Tesla being the best example, but like all the sub Teslas. Mm. And so now it's like, what if we had a company that we could invest in for electric vehicles, but it didn't do it was just money that would later become electric vehicle stocks. Mm-hmm. People were like, mm-hmm. OK, yeah, we'll, we'll pay 60 bucks for 10 bucks of that. <laughs> now people are coming down to the extent of like, but wait a second, I don't even like tulips. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a moment. Well, it's easy with hindsight to say it's stupid to pay $60 for $10, but you weren't in the room, okay? <laughs> we were really it excited for like those $10. It seemed like a good $10. idea at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's it, you can say on the one hand it's like paying $60 for $10. Also, it's Which like, is true. Yeah. yeah. It, Which it that, is. That, yeah. is. that is true. It, you are doing that, but it is also it is also $10 that will sort of turn into a share of a company that you may honestly believe is worth more than 60 bucks a share. So it's not as stupid as paying $60 for $10, but in this case, it's very close, yes. Yeah, and in this case, they actually paid $60 for less than $10. Am I not right? <laughs> no, they paid, six, they paid $60 for $20, I believe, but that oh, okay. value is swiftly dropping. <laughs> and, uh, we don't have to get into this too much, but there's like so many ways in here in which just very, very rich people make money automatically. I would like to get into um, the ways, mm. please. Yeah. So I don't know if this is true about Lucid per se, but um, typically the way these works is that um, some of the earliest IPO investors, like when the company is just a guy selling $10 for $10, are hedge funds. And they have this deal where they can give the shares back and get $10 plus interest before the merger happens. And this is like automatic money. They're basically lending money to the blank check company, to the SPAC. But then also, they get the rights to buy shares in the combined company later. So you automatically make about 10% on your investment. And then if it goes well, you can then come in later and make money um, after the merger happens. You can be like, I'll give you $10 for that $50. And they're like, oh, well, I'm obliged (laughs) that you're wealthy enough that I'm obliged to give you that deal. (laughs) And that's what Mark said. Yeah, that's right. That is what he said. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'll I give love, you ten dollars for that linen coat. I just, I love this idea that yeah, Richard Arkwright finally like makes his mo- slightly more efficient factory, and then that just as the butterfly's wings flapping in the exchange of now, now the ideology has become so pure that we can say, well, this ten dollars is worth sixty dollars to a rich person, or a poor person could pay sixty dollars for this ten dollars. Makes sense to me. Is that about the size of it? 
Yes. And then the other funny thing about Lucid is that our good friends in the Saudi uh, private inve- uh, public investment fund are involved every which, di- every which way on this deal. I believe that they're basically uh, selling and buying the stock from each other at this point. Uh-huh. Oh, those guys are so sensible. It's always great news when the Saudi investment fund are involved. <laughs> yeah. um, I believe what happened is that they invested in Lucid, the car company, uh-huh. and then Lucid sold, its, sold itself to the SPAC at $10 a share. And then mm. the other part, the way this works, is that when these mergers happen, they bring in big institutional investors to participate in them. Mm. What's called a pipe investment. They ask for the pipe. <laughs> and, That's right. Uh-huh. And then they invested in that at $15 a share. Okay. So uh, they were trading money back and forth between themselves for something yeah. that's now worth $30 a share. Yeah. And then it's everybody who got involved in this who isn't an institutional investor or Saudi royalty paid $60 for $10. Uh, well, which when you is put cool. it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. And these are like the hottest commodity, right? This is the, I think they're the more SPACs that have been in 2020. There are more SPACs than in uh, any other year, I believe, ever. Look to your oh, left absolutely. and look to your right. Both of those yeah. people are SPACs. That's right. This is incredibly popular because who wants to wait until you've made money to be able to go public, cash out, and move to Mexico? It's even better than that because you don't really have to have made money to do an IPO. But you do have to have actually made and lost. You do, you do have to have some income, which is mm. then offset by your spending. Yeah. Mm. For a SPAC, nothing. you can just... Nothing. It's good. You can just you you it you can just say, I think I'm a pretty smart guy. You can say I'm think I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm gonna go public. This company has a good vibe. You could take Trash Future public with a SPAC, and we would we more than satisfy the requirements. Yeah, we would actually satisfy the requirements for an IPO. You guys make. I think you guys probably make too much money. Yeah, Yeah. that's the problem. (laughs) Your company's way too normal. So, um, (laughs) basically, this I just I just think that's so interesting, right? The pure ideology that as soon as you have to confront owning a company that might do something at some point in the future, it plummets in value. (laughs) That's right. That's what you do. Um, so I I think Lucid is quite funny though. Uh, they're they're um. Their, 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 their PowerPoint, which I have in front of me, which you sent through the other day, uh, Matthew, is very good. They say they're trying to be post-luxury. Oh, yeah. So this is like just pure California ideology yeah. bullshit about... So like their entire thing is that like old luxury is like, you know... Tesla. Ornate, Rococo, too much decoration, all that. And then like new luxury is just like a perfectly clean like slate wall. Oh, you know, fuck, boys! We did we did the mm. stock market too hard, and we reinvented Protestantism. <laughs> oh shit! Not again! Post luxury consumers, they say, increasingly seek brands that align with their values. I feel like I've been hearing that for fourteen years. Um, brands that are more enlightened, informed, and inspired. And remember, this is what people were paying sixty bucks for ten bucks for. They saw this and were like, "I'm in." Uh, as a leading EV brand that offers a s- sustainable luxury performance and advanced connectivity, Lucid is ideally positioned to address the wants and needs of its new generation of post-luxury customers. The traditional luxury, they say status, opulence, opulence, materialism, indulgence, and physical engagement. Post-luxury is all about well-being, refinement, experience, sustainability, and physical and emotional engagement. So big differences in these, um, in, in these definitions here. You know. Yeah, I mean, you can just imagine the pitch meeting they had where like they ha- everyone's wearing their Patagonia vests and they're talking to the Saudi private investment people and they're like, post-luxury materialism out. It's actually worth more if you don't have anything. And the guy, right, it, the guy the entire time is thinking like, when can I go back to my five wives, my golden plated falcons and like stop hearing this fucking Patagonia vest bullshit. Yeah, like, I already told you yes. Live wives, the Saudi burger place. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I already told you yes. Now leave me alone. I want Set, to go setting fly Setting up my, my fucking Trello for my wives. <laughs> yeah. Um, although the thing is, right, this has kind of been a bit of a, a bit of a, a, an inflection point because all of a sudden the shares in the electric car makers, they've kind of fallen a little bit off their highs. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they basically trade in line with like um, well, Bitcoin, uh, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, stuff yeah. like that. So, of course, of course, they've fallen off a bit. 
Yeah, well, it's it's basically. I mean, look, my my own personal theory is that, uh, and we talked about this in the episode with Joe Weisenthal, which is that yeah, everything basically is just becoming a cryptocurrency, more or less, just different kinds of cryptocurrencies that just might not involve a blockchain. Well, I mean, GameStop's has been up a lot in the last two days. It's like doubled or tripled in value. It's mm-hmm. like gone up a lot. And then there's this funny thing that happens, that like when GameStop goes up, every other stock goes down. And so uh, make of that what you will. Yeah, it's the chaos option. It's the sociopath stuff. Join me. I have my own theory as to why that is, uh, but I'm not quite confident enough uh, to go into it now. Um, Let's see. Here's a couple other ones. Oh, uh, a blank check company formed by uh, Reed Hoffman and uh, Zynga founder Mark Pincus. So two guys Mm. who've worked together a lot on very stupid ideas. They did the Billboard political party. Oh, yeah. uh, Win the future. Um, they are merging with one of those uh, VTOL air taxi companies. Another one, a different yes. one, a classic yes. combination yes. of like Farmville and a VTOL air taxi. Um, Did you oh, it, see in Colorado that um, airline engine that just fell off? The housing just fell off, mm-hmm. and so we saw from people's smart doorbells footage of the, their yards just getting inundated and flaming plane wreckage. Just that, but all the time. Yeah, gonna be great. Looking forward Absolutely. to that. Wait, um, yeah. So remember, th- and remember, we talked about another VTOL taxi company uh, going public via SPAC. That's a different one. There are two, at least, if not more. Um, and again, if you want to take a flying taxi company public, you probably wouldn't be able to do it via an IPO because you would need to they have ask a- questions like, "Do you own any flying taxis, and do they work?" Yeah, what, or what, things what like plan for like when yeah. you spread flaming wreckage over somebody's front yard. You will have had to at least provided flying taxi services or things related to flying taxi services, kind of a little bit. Uh, in this case, you can just um, tell a bunch of credulous rubes that you're going to invent a flying taxi and then pocket all of the money and be off somewhere else by the time it doesn't work. Yeah. So Great. you know how like when GameStop happened, people were saying like, this is a populist uprising. Mm-hmm. This is people taking power over the markets. SPAC investors and GameStop investors are the exact same people. Like this is why uh, Chamath got so in to GameStop when it happened, because he knew that these were his people. Uh, but don't forget, there are also... Uh, SPACs are also the solution to many of SoftBank's problems. Because when WeWork went public, there was that whole thing where they had to keep saying, here's how we do business. Here's what's happened to our business in the past. Here's what we think is going to happen to our business in the future. And here's the basis upon we think that's going to happen. And when they had to like give all of those facts out to the public... They had uh, to just make stuff then, up. They had yeah. to make up the like uh, vibes-based evidence and stuff. Yeah, well, because they need to like make an argument for why they think yeah, their money is going to go up. Now they don't need to do that, which no. is a shame because we're missing out on some of these like deranged things like a vibes evidence. So, well, WeWork, if you wanted to buy stock in WeWork and you were disappointed by the fact oh, that did. their uh, IPO didn't work, uh, d- never fear. Oh, okay, <laughs> They great. are going public via SPAC. Awesome. WeWork, you, the company that's famously very well run so, and very well founded. I mean, I suppose they're kind of well run now that they forced all the insane people out. Oh, no. Um, but, like, their business model is still, uh, you know, crazy. Uh, and you know what else is going public via SPAC? View. Oh, the windows. <laughs> the windows that tell you if it's raining. Yeah, regular Windows can't do that. Um, and so we, we've heard a few about a few other things. Uh, we, we noted on the bonus episode, uh, Shamas Clover Health went public via SPAC. And then it was identified, and Hindenburg Research, who identified uh, the problems with Nikola. Not people you want to get researched by. Yeah, no, uh, who identified the problems with Nikola, the, mo- the, the electric truck company uh, that was built on, you know, nothing. The gravity-powered well, electric truck company. It was built on company. the top of a hill, yeah. yeah it was built on the top of a hill and then rolled down. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they also re- looked at uh, Clover Health and was like, well, a lot of similar things are happening here, aren't they? Why is this hospital on the top of a hill? Yeah, this hospital has to roll down a hill. Um, and yeah, so it just it seems like a a, a market uh, that is moved beyond the need, not even to like have contact with the actual world of people making and doing things mm-hmm. uh, in an economy yeah, of is, some kind. Which has been our whole season two, season yeah. three thesis. It has moved beyond the need for it even to pretend that it has a connection to that. Nice. In terms of SPACs, anyway, I'm not saying all companies are like that, but boy, there seems to be a burgeoning sphere of companies that just don't even need to have a connection to anything that's actually going on in real life, uh, which is very fun. Cool and good. 
Yeah, I mean, um, but Matthew, what's your what what what's my my position on this? Right, is that when when basically uh, money when money is free, uh, the economy gets stupid. And this is just an asset class. Instead of having to go filter through company by company to decide which one is stupid, and with a weird like thing that forces them to be a little bit not stupid, even to pretend to not be stupid for like a day through an IPO, it seems like they're like, no, we're gonna have an entire asset class of stupid. Uh, I mean, what is, what is what does that sound like to you? Does that again sound like it's the size of it, or do you have a different take? I have to say, Riley, you know, as a, as a listener, I've I've always been somewhat skeptical of of your kind of you know low interest rates, line goes down, profitability is dead, so we have to mm-hmm. just gamble everything to make money thesis. Uh, however, um, this researching this phenomenon and that uh, interest rates uh, went up a little bit um, today has has certainly made your view seem far far more plausible. <laughs> um, I also kind of take the view, the, the more behavioral view of we have a lot of, you know, the SPAC boom, the meme stocks, crypto, uh, sports gambling. It's all kind of this pile of money generated by people sitting at home. You know, their their Maple app has has glitched out. So they're not taking out the trash. You know, they're mm. not vacating the house when their wife's boyfriend comes over. And they just they have to do something, and I think these spacs are just filling that filling that void as much as as much as anything else. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, with the, with the economy, uh, you could say automated, outsourced, and abstracted enough, put on hold by coronavirus. Mm. The line is just bored, basically. Yeah. The line's just fucking around and finding out. Yeah, it's a bored bored line full of bored people moving it up and down. Uh, because what else are they going to do? Look, turning the big line dial and looking back to the audience for yeah, approval. That's right. Uh, so there, that's. I, I think that's that's about where I want to. I, I don't want to sort of draw too sort of great, uh, uh, grandiose conclusion about SPACs. I feel like they're just a, they're a very weird thing that is symptomatic of the a very stupid time that we're in. Um, and again, like we said on the episode with Joe, I don't think they're like a, they're heralding anything necessarily, but they are. Uh, they do seem to be associated with really stupid shit. A lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, what if fifty dollars was worth ten dollars? <laughs> yeah. Or depending That's on right. how much you have money you have initially, what if ten dollars was worth fifty dollars? Yeah. Yeah. What if we just what if we just sort of, you know, made up the number? Yeah. Uh, just mark your own work. Mm-hmm. We're all marking our own work here at TF Acres. So uh speaking of, I want to move on to the final piece of uh business we have for today in front of us. Okay. Uh now, all over the TL several days ago, you couldn't get away from it. Uh, a mm-hmm. man named Ranald McDonald. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's a name. <laughs> had the, the owner of uh, Boysdale, a uh, Scottish restaurant. Excuse me? Excuse me? B-O-I-S-D-A-L-E. The owner yeah, of Boysdale. McDonald's. Yeah, Boysdale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boisdale, whatever it is. I don't care. Boisdale. Yeah. Uh, number one, I don't Mr. care Worldwide. because... White. I don't yeah. particularly. I don't like. Cha- I don't like chain restaurants, so uh, I don't go to it. Is, boys, um, is it? A ch- is it a chain restaurant? I thought it was like a fancy. Well, there are three. Yeah, it's there. It's, the, fan- the, well, that's it's fancy. That's a chain, as far yeah. as Riley's concerned. <laughs> when you got three restaurants, like one in Glasgow, one in like fucking. Uh, no, it's all in London. You, oh no! Yeah, well, he is. Well, it is a Scottish. It is a very upmarket Scottish. Uh, a Scottish restaurant in London. Because Scottish food, Scottish they, restaurant, famously Scottish? very good. No, like uh, like haggis and whiskey and stuff. It's popular among right wingers uh, because he's Gosh, famously because they're all like smoking cigars and wearing a fedora well, and, and eating we, completely tasteless food. We will get to that. <laughs> so anyway, he wrote a um a, a article in the Daily Mail okay. about how you have to reopen the restaurants because the hospitality industry is suffering. It was a relatively unremarkable article, not interested, not worth reading on here. But because of the name, because his name is Ranald McDonald. Yeah, incredible. I needed to know more about this man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did a little bit of digging and I found some old articles about him from 2017. Uh-huh. And I found some stuff on the uh, Boysdale website that was very interesting. So my greatest enemy is the Homburglar. Who's well, <laughs> an no, ancient no, no. Scottish <laughs> demon. This isn't like a, a Rabsy Nesbitt thing. This is posh Scottish, where he exactly. just like, he sounds oh. like Scottish Tory, which is worse. This is such have a, you, like... Have you heard you, of the Homburglar? You'll, you'll have had your tea then, kind yeah, so, of shit. This is mm. from an article in the Times from 2017. Uh, 
Well, McDonald is a proper posh Scot, he grew up yep. in all of all places in Islington, which again is huh classic. Not Scott. that fucking weird. Yep. Not that oh, no. weird. And then went to Ampleforth, the Eaton for Catholics, but his education <laughs> ground to a, yeah. Eaton for Catholics, in case you wanted to get double nonce. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. more molesty. Allegedly. Yeah. His education ground to a halt at the University of St. Andrews, where he was kicked out on three separate occasions before securing a medical diagnosis of being, quote, abnormally lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I should get one of those. That's not a medical condition. <laughs> if you're, again, it's like the SPAC investment. If you're rich enough, it is. Yeah, I gotta get How one. do you get kicked out of St. Andrews? <laughs> what the fuck? Forget I mean, to iron your red trousers? I don't know. It's a repository for America's stupidest fail sons. Like, what do you have to do to get kicked out? Well, so what I like about reading Randall McDo- reading about Randall McDonald, right, is that the more I found out about him, the more I, re- I realized he is just the essence of a certain kind of just sort of, um, you might say banal and repellent Britishness. Huh. <laughs> because he also, in addition to this, he is also a collection of uh, different um, eccentricities. Okay. So, for example... He's going to his... wear a lot of tweed, isn't he? Oh, that's this... No, come on. It's way more than that, Alice. He's Because he has structured his entire life around living a protest against the ban on smoking indoors. <laughs> right, okay. And how does that... This man is, you know, we missed Roger Scruton, and we didn't know what we had lost when he died until now. <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, I'm feeling like Scruton is so much more normal than this guy. Well, this guy is basically like, he had Scruton summarized to him once, and then was like, oh yeah, sounds good. I know exactly so- <laughs> what this dude's going to look like before I Google him. Uh, He's going to have shoulder- the like, floppy hair, but grey. Yep. He's going to yep. have a pocket square that's like prolapsing out of his suit. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, like a sort of grid square shirts, probably. Wow. Uh, yes, that is exactly what he looks like. Yeah, because uh, also, I know this type. I know the type of guy that I'm dealing with here. Yeah, he has a a, a, a damn face like an overripe blueberry. Oh. Um. So as the ban on smoking in public places loomed a decade ago, Boysdale Boysdale Belgravia became the de facto headquarters for the libertarian group, uh, Forest. Uh, which stands for Freedom Organization for the Right to Enjoy Smoking Tobacco. <laughs> yeah, because they they Fucking formed to hell. oppose Ash, which was the anti-smoking group. So yeah. they went with Forrest. The two genders, Forrest and yeah. Ash. So uh, like, what def- I think def- is like one of those, definitely one of those groups where they were like they they really had to figure out what each word could yeah. like what each word was like so they 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 really like struggled to actually just like, like make the acronym work. We're, we're, this is such a fucking throwback to when the fronts of the culture war were like oh telling me that I can't light up my fucking stogie in the oh, weather spoons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to welcome everyone to the first meeting of uh, people who like smoking indoors and are protesting against the unfair ban against smoking indoors. We're not sure what the acronym is yet. <laughs> Uh, and so I was like, oh, sorry, I'm actually here for the incel meeting. No, that's the same meeting. Just please stand on the left. <laughs> so, um, and what I, find, what I find very fun about this guy is he's a throwback to when um, conservative culture warriors just kind of cared about the one thing. Yeah. Mm. He's not, I mean. It's like early Farage when he was like wearing a bathrobe and smoking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, they, when they were like libertarians as opposed to authoritarians. Mm. Still authoritarians, oh. but like and, the thing that they were authoritarian about was like the fucking nanny state is telling yeah. me that I'll I can't just... blow cigar smoke <laughs> in a young child's face. So <laughs> McDonald, who smokes between one and six cigars a day. Of course. <laughs> was, between one and six is quite a range. Was incredulous that he couldn't allow customers to carry on puffing. Uh, so the large carry on puffing is actually a film from the seventies. <laughs> the la- large Car- Canary Wharf Boysdale hosts the Cigar Smoker of the Year awards. Cool. Oh Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ! Can you imagine a more cursed event <laughs> the than the Cigar Smoker of the Year awards? Oh, of piss. <laughs> the, go- the guest list for the most recent event last month included Kelsey Grammer cool. <laughs> and Charlie Sheen. This was in 2017, but he was more of a meme. Do you know I found out a fun fact about Kelsey Grammer today? I feel like I need to share it. Yeah, got his uh, wife's uh, name tattooed on his dick. Yes, that was a fun fact that I found out, yeah. and it has not left me all day. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you there. Charlie Sheen wasn't more of a meme in 2017. You're thinking of like 2009. Yeah. So I guess he was still here hanging out with yeah, Ronald McDonald. Still, like, banging seven gram cigars. <laughs> and, uh, is... and Andrew Neal. Yeah, and Andrew banging Andrew Neal. There you <laughs> now, go. Before long, uh, in my conversation with uh, Ronald McDonald, we somehow get on the subject of... Age of consent laws. No, the other thing they care about. Uh, uh, who's going to build the roads? Come on, come on, come on. You know, you, you're you on the tip Free of your speech. tongue. Matthew, come on. Sh- save me here. It's the, it's something we talk about all the time. Think about uh, Hawkball. <laughs> Blackface. Blackface. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Wait, is, is this guy Dutch too? <laughs> <laughs> what if a Scottish English man was Dutch? So before- Hello, it's me, Ronald Van Danelt. <laughs> before long, we somehow get on the subject. Before long. Now it's going to surprise you to learn that I don't like dykes. Before long, we somehow get on the subject of blacking up. I'm not sure how. <laughs> well, well, I say, have you, have, you, have, have you ever have you ever gotten uh, cigar ash on your face? Uh, in- <laughs> Accidentally, it's combined with the moisturizer and created a kind of proto uh, paint. <laughs> so- I love that. I was on stage the other day, said McDonald, with someone who's doing a Ray Charles impersonation, and he was blacked up. Uh, <laughs> why? And I said, why? If you're a white, bald guy and you want to impersonate Elvis, you put on a wig. No one has a problem with that. It's completely ludicrous that you can't put on a costume to play someone else. What next? Will men no longer be allowed to dress up as women to play pantomime dames? Oh, gee, trans rights. Uh, yeah, pre, pre-figuring <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. the fucking yeah. uh, woman face thing yeah. from the turf. I mean, I, mean, yeah. th- I mean, this also is like a very good example of like the pipeline, right? And about mm-hmm. how like kind of turf or male, like how there's like a breed of kind of conservative guy that like I don't genuinely think gives a shit about anything related to gender who builds their identity Mm. on being like a turf not because they uh, are really kind of convinced by uh, whatever kind of like whatever the things that like second wave feminists are saying um but, but because, because they lost the smoking ban war. Right, but yeah, because they can't smoke indoors and they can't do blackface. And like, this is sort of like the logical next step. So when you kind of say, what can like men no longer dress as women, then like the third eye suddenly starts opening and he's like, oh, mm, these guys yeah. force, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so I'm not allowed to have my harmless fun, but these chaps can go into women's bathrooms and do whatever they do in there. Yeah, they put on black, and they're not even blacked up, and they're not even blacked up. And this was a, from a Boysdale event listing at some point in recent history, uh, so before the pandemic. Uh, this special event was hosted by Ronald McDonald uh, and Simon Clark, the director of Forest at Boysdale cool. Canary Wharf. There were some 156 guests across 15 tables from the IEA, the cool. Adam Smith Institute, cool. Conservatives for Liberty, cool. Women in Tobacco, cool. the Taxpayers Alliance, cool. Women in Tobacco, the, the only of- women with clockier <laughs> voices than me, the yeah. Institute of Ideas, the Manifesto Club, uh, journalists from the Times, Telegraph, Wall Street Journal, and Daily Mail, cool. six MPs and seven, several parliamentary researchers, um, and then... Dinner was served and uh, speeches were given from guests from by guests from New Orleans where smoking was banned in bars and casinos earlier this year. And the principal speaker was no, uh, no, no, I do, on, I do declare <laughs> we've had, okay. we have had no, our struggles with the cigar smoke. Yes, they have. Uh, the principal speaker was BAFTA award-winning film producer Stephen Evans, who veered off his prepared remarks and started referencing Shakespeare, Churchill, and George Best before finishing with a confusing rallying cry: "Enough is enough." <laughs> Cool. Just some of the, the one of the most British Dude. events I've ever heard. Just everyone getting Dude. drunk, Rock. rambling off course. Everyone who works for the same blob organization of conservative propaganda just crammed into a Canary Wharf chain restaurant, getting furious that they can't smoke inside. Anybody who like had a big thing complaining about, you know, the fucking DSA convention not clapping or whatever, should be made to sit through that event so you know what the competition is. Yeah, that's right. You can see over to your left. You got people from the IEA and the center. (laughs) You got people from the Adam Smith Institute. We find ourselves here in the center of the not having sex community of East London. Right. In Canary Wharf. That's right. I mean, I just I just find this disturbing because like it just shows how, you know, American cultural hegemony, you know, extinguishing, Mm. you know, dissident local cultures. Like, why would a Scottish person uh even think to where would they even know about blackface from? 
Like when yeah. did he I, suppose, I guess. I, I don't mean, know. I mean, I mean he went to, yeah. he went to he went to a Catholic boarding school. Yeah. So yeah. I feel yeah, like I'm sure and, there's probably yeah, and, seven and, there. And, and like I feel like there is a there is like a cardinal rule. <laughs> yeah, when, for house drama this year, we're doing we're doing to kill a mockingbird. Yeah. There is fantastic production of Tantano Kong. <laughs> I think I think there's like a cardinal rule that if you are to like try to understand certain British personalities, what you have to realize is that they never actually like emotionally developed after secondary school. So everything they do is sort of like consistently referenced around this idea that, or this kind of identity that they had formed in secondary school or in boarding school that they just haven't been able to kind of it's grow beyond. A, a sixth form ass country. Yeah. Is this because of, you know, certain, uh, you know, traumatic events that happen I mean, that then stop your emotional development that probably. may happen in a single gender hey, but educational some, environment? Some of us become podcasters. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah. I, went, I went to an all-boys school, and I feel like a lot of how I've ended up in my career has been very, ba- has been, like, based on that experience um, in some form. Mm, that's so, right. Um, hey, what, uh, what do you, what, like, what is that? Uh, 800 boys, a bunch of Catholic priests, uh, and a castle in the, uh, English countryside. What is that? A freaking podcast? That's right. <laughs> what do you say? What do you call an act like that anyway? <laughs> That's right. So anyway, uh, that was, that was Ronald McDonald, a man I find, uh, very amusing, yeah. a, a, a figure who I feel like friend of the show. We are beginning to lose guys like that to yeah. politics. Yeah, he's like um, a he's a British Stooby in some yeah. ways. Or you know what else he is? Mm. He is a chat pop ass man. Mm-hmm. Well, can I, can I, can I, yeah, uh. I, I I agree in the sense that we are we are losing guys like Ronald McDonald, but I think a lot of that is like down to like if we if you think about what makes him so interesting and intriguing is the fact that like all his kind of grievances are these very small things that he gets obsessed by. The idea of like not being able to like put on blackface and to smoke inside. These are like very kind of quaint mm. and almost like even charming. Um, yeah, the patrician. Whereas yeah, I feel like yeah. now, like I feel like those grievances are there, but they're all wrapped into this broader culture war thing, which is just kind of really odious. So you can't be a guy who just wants to be allowed to smoke inside without being mm. mad at university campuses and mar- like cultural Marxism and transgender yeah. people and like, you know, secret pedophiles and all that stuff. Like there's too much. Took like, out culture cranks. War, right. Culture war is culture war about really embraced too much. He actually cares about these issues and you know, most of them don't, but this guy <laughs> actually does care. Like genuinely, right. This is, this is a cross cultural phenomenon because uh. the like, theoretically working class semiotic like basis of this the equivalent of that guy is nonce hunters right is the yeah. volunteer pedophile hunter and those guys also like they used to have been just like yeah i'll get in the fucking aol chats pretend to be an underage girl and then like put a guy in a headlock outside of mcdonald's and now they're all like hey fucking george soros or whatever politics has ruined our cranks give us back our cranks (laughs) we must we must protect the cranks give us back our our harmless innocent stupid stupid men who would just like (laughs) put a guy in a headlock in a mcdonald's car park or complain for an hour about not being able to do blackface or yeah who have their like you know what a huge dark money funded campaign to be, to be just about something very give, silly give us our dumbasses back give yes. them back give us greg stuby should be smuggling coke and exercise equipment and 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 ranald mcdonald should be focusing purely on like on a campaign to be allowed to use like a disallowed tartan yes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> This guy, this guy needs that kind of activity, or else he's just going to get into politics. Often they banned for being too racist. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, you have the same thing happen in the U.S. where like everyone who thinks you know, um, who thinks that like our current system of weights and measures or whatever is a you know a British conspiracy. Yeah, Linda LaRouche couldn't be, like, fucking, like, even in fiction, Boomhauer couldn't be, like, he'd be a QAnon guy now, right? Yeah, yeah, all those guys are now, like, Republican Party, like, committee men, and they're, like, in their excerpt. It's just, they've, they've, 
Yeah. We lost we lost these cranks because we didn't do enough outreach. And what I'm saying is we need to like preserve the next generation of cranks for the left. We need to reach yeah, out right. to these cranks. We need to tell people. Like, fuck Starmer. The real opposition is telling people, no, every orchestra you've heard in your life has been <laughs> slightly mistuned. Chemtrails <laughs> <That's right. laughs> are real. Uh, yeah. the, the fucking, like, the CIA is shooting you with a gun that makes women not want to have sex with you. Any number of these things. That's right, they're all got doing a, that. We've got all to own stuff. this territory, otherwise the right will. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, bring um, back smoking in pubs. That <laughs> that's left wing right. position. That's yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Cool Tears left wing in position. my eyes. I hate to say it, but in order to preserve our beautiful cranks, I have to say it. Bring back smoking in pubs. Sure. Well, at this point, whatever it takes to unite the country. But at this point, I noticed we've been going on for quite a while. So let say, uh, Matthew, thank you so much for calling in today. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, this has been a uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go into my to my local to my local pub and, and light up and you know if if I get dragged out I hope you guys will spend the next episode you know oh, yeah cool, <laughs> supporting me we will basically we will mm. start a free speech Soviet Union oh absolutely we will start an entire political movement uh, in the UK uh, to get you out of jail because you're a prisoner of conscience <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> um, at this point also yes it falls to me to say thank you for listening uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon, five bucks a month, uh, and you mm. get such wonderful episodes as the other ones we do. That's right. Um, the yeah. one coming in a couple of days is another uh, TF Macro with, uh, with FinTwit Heavyweight, the Emily account. Uh, oh, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to do be... a shameless plug. I have a new yeah. podcast out with Abby Thorne and Devon. It's called Kill James Bond. It's about why James Bond's a dick. We have a Patreon. You should give us money. Give us money. Mm -hmm. I need money. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She Alice does. needs to buy more masks. That's right. More swords, no, more, more surgeries. Masks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, listen to The Bottleman. Listen to Masters of Our Domain. Listen to 10K Posts. Uh, listen to... We are addicted well, to starting podcasts. Listen to we Hell of a Way to Die. Uh, all of those. Uh, yeah. yeah we, we, well, that's that's it, I guess. We're just addicted yeah. to... We're doing echopraxia for podcasts. Might as well podcasts. face it. Absolutely. I'm addicted to pod. Yeah.